0: hammer lane first right the advantage of being on speed leading and the big big possibility now you know damien lane we've spoken about him many times he's not a rider that's going to have gusto in speed he's going to be very controlled he'll be very different to zach lloyd right he'll be very very controlled and if he can put if he can pinch a benchmark first section Oh wow. Taber Lane extends, hundred meters to go, a length of quarter just
1: vote. Tamer Lane controlled the race and Tamer Lane won the last from
0: Opening doors and pulling
1: some strings. And Star Patrol, it was good first up. It was after a uh, after a minor wind up that said he's back. And he got such an unusual outlier race shape with Najim Sahail creating some of the best speeds we've ever seen at end up the straight. And that's in the 10 years I've been working, 10 years or more I've been working with him. Yeah, never seen a race that fast. That says he can come on, his CV says he can come on, and three weeks between runs looks ideal. Is he entitled to the short price?
0: Well, probably the only thing that stands in his way is if Ben Mellon makes any mistakes. That's not Just, so simple. Yeah, because. He only has to repeat what he did last start and he's already won the race. Now Star
1: Patrol, let's rip, and led triple missile, followed by Sab. Star Patrol, about a length and a half, triple missile. Star Patrol is burning robot. That's Star Patrol. Run for the Shadows. Run for the Shadows. Run for the Shadows and is good. Gold trip. And we now heads rolled off once the uh, once the data came through on that Mooney Valley return. It was a soft tempo. My goodness, how big a sprint did it produce?
0: Yeah, it was, it was massive, and it was just really franking that this horse hasn't taken any steps backwards at all, none, and expect a big run. And gone trip, the
1: Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Cardi and your host, Racetrack Rofi. Uh, the words were Vince O'Karty's from our preview podcast on Friday. The, the race calling was Matt Hill, courtesy of racing.com, who of course caught it as brilliantly as always, and a little bit of David Bowie underneath with "Golden Years." it was gold trip day. It, the Turnbull Stakes. Morning, Vince Cardi.
0: Hey, good morning, Ralphie. Good morning.
1: Oh, man. So I know you had a – just put right off the top, I know you would have had a good day because the Star Patrol is having a late, but you, you, you thought Romantic Warrior, the Hong Kong uh, star, was going to be the star of the day. He wasn't on the day, uh, but, uh, but it was just fascinating watching how that race unfolded. It was high pressure. And uh, and we'll get into, into the details in a sec, but uh, it was just a stunning uh, second up run from Gold Trip. That, as you said, uh, when we did our uh, we did a special members bonus. I'll get into that as well. But uh, you thought this was wow, what a preparation he's been in. But he would have exceeded what your expectations were that day.
0: This is Gold Trip. Gold Trip. Yes, 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 Rob. Ralphie, as it turns out, like my only blemish for the day <laughs> was romantic in terms of collecting, but it was a solid day. The money did rain in, so I'm not complaining, but no. <laughs> I would have been happier. Uh, it's interesting. <sighs> Who says you don't learn in the game? You never stop learning. And, you know, when you when you lose money, like yes. I put myself around the years on a few things, and I wasn't very happy about that because I thought to myself, well, you're going to at least run 2.8, 3.5. That should be enough to get you on the podium. Yep. But as it turned out, it wasn't. It no. wasn't going to be good enough because the horse didn't run to that number. But gold trip, is this the place we're starting, isn't it, Ralphie? <laughs> what? what a performance.
1: So hold that, hold that there. Firstly... We did a, a bonus podcast for our Group One members. Now, if you're listening to this, just you can go via the same way you listen to this. Just as we play our Friday podcast, preview podcast in full, unedited. Uh, this is what we said about Gold Trip. After uh, his first up run at Mooney Valley. So you can go to that. It's a little members bonus that we, we send out through a Group One members every Monday as a little bonus, a 10, 15-minute podcast. This was the five minutes we spent on Gold Trip. I've got a couple of quotes for you from that, Vince. You said, are you joking me? Monster, absolute monster. Can it be possible this horse is better, going better? Absolutely. It's trending better than
0: when it won the Melbourne Cup. So, Vince, what did it do on Saturday? Oh, it, it was... I I, I was in awe, personally, of the performance. Plus four, absolutely sensational. Best ever Australian run that we've seen. Now, when we look at the breakdown of the performance, mind you, the race got a little bit of an upgrade. And why the the race got an upgrade? Well, a lot of the races did. We've got to look. The ground conditions were 100% in the soft range, well and truly, all the way to the six hundred. And when I look at it to the 800 metre mark, now, mind you, it's got nothing to do with track management. They couldn't have done a better job. In fact, if we didn't have someone like Liam looking after this course, who knows what condition the grounds could have really been in a lot worse than what they were. But what we had was 1.4 lengths below benchmark to the 800. We're still a length below. Now, mind you, the 1.4, if I take away the aberration of, in particular, the one that I I took away was race number eight, we're dead set minus two. Now, minus two, you know 100% is worse than S5, Ralphie, right? Yes.
1: So you were talking about lead speeds throughout the day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the best way to measure. For sure. It's to the point. You get proper understanding of race shape, pattern. It was still in the S range, probably sitting firmly in the S5 range to the 600, and then we started to see the shift in the ground. To the 400 metres, we are now on, I would say, G4 ground, home straight, absolutely G3, 2.4 lengths faster than standard. So we did have a two-track play, in my view, but... <sighs> It could have been a hell of a lot worse, and this is the reality, right? Now, lanes, lanes, Ralphie, we've got to touch on the lanes. We just have to touch well, on they these they're moving a bit. No, no, they, they <laughs> never do move, right? That's the beauty of it, right? And have a look what we got. Firstly, we got as wide as lane 20.
1: Yep, with the, this is with the rail at eight, by yep, the way. Just with, a,
0: yep, yep, or yep. nine.
1: Oh, sorry, nine. Yep. yep,
0: and as low as 12. So we had good range, but we said in the podcast, Ralphie, that the lanes are in play as soon as you turn for home. Leader advantage because it's easy for the leaders to get to the best ground. Yep. And then I looked at the horses that came from the back, from, you know, back in the race, like example, race one. Of course, it's a pretty, you know, they're using a lot of the straight. I didn't realise though that they aerobated the ground, right? Straight was
1: slower, wasn't
0: it? Well, the straight was definitely down the back slower, 100%. And sometimes that's not, but that was the scenario in the end. And the winners did come from a lot of places, and that's probably where you've got to give some credit to the management of the track for doing a great job. But the reality was it did set up for good performances, could have been faster the day. No doubt about it. If we had been on good ground, you know, from the 1600 to the 800, those times would have at least been two lengths faster, at least possibly a bit more because then you've got to add in the 600 and the 800, probably more so the 600. We might have even been three lengths faster on the day overall, which would have meant the reason why I've rambled on on this is gold trip. Even though I ended up with a plus four, it could have easily have gotten a plus five or more. That's how big the run was. And the last part is I look at the structure of the race Gold Trip was travelling 3.1 lengths below benchmark first section. Sensational elevation on the first up run of minus 16 and a half. (laughs) 2.1 lengths above benchmark between the eight and the four, right? Even if we allow for the soft ground through the first section, there's no way that's an overextension of the horse, right? That's well inside his comfort zone. And then 3.6 lengths above last 400 with a taper over the last 200 metres. Now, the taper could be just easing up the last 20 or 30 metres because he he just put the field away, like, in 20 metres or 50 <laughs> yeah. metres. Like, he just said, that's it. I've, I own it. It was a fun uh, watch, Vince, for some of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like one of three or four horses I've seen this campaign in Australia where they've got into that 200 metre mark and then there's like there's another level of acceleration. They just put the stamp on them. Like, yes. Yeah. Just, just put them away. It's just, I, I love it when I see that. It's unbelievable. And like I said, you got a taper at the end, which also gives these signals. We've got a little bit more to come on overall conditioning through two factors, a prism of a lot more speed early and the way it tapered at the end. And there's no way I've overestimated that wet ground conditioning. In other words, like it, there's another length there. So I sit back and say, okay, I'll create my own trend line. I'll be looking forward to seeing what the Matrix does, Ralphie. With the Matrix, I've been stress testing a lot of the numbers to see what the delta is in terms of what's been happening in the lead-up runs, how that field's actually really lined up after the event, and to sort of really put some tests on the plus four and to see whether my trending, like I'm, I'm, my anticipation for the horse now is somewhere around five and a half, six. Yep. And this is now bringing gold trip. If we go back a long time in the podcast, Rolfie, his overseas profile was up that range. He's well, at we, that level now.
1: We stamped him uh, after his first run in Australia at Rose Hill. We just enjoyed the journey all the way through. And and But the, the point – well, there's a couple of points here. One, and we, we mentioned this on Friday, his first up run, there's nothing you can do once the barrier's open for any traders. It's just see what race happens. Well, that first up run last prep at Sandown was brutal. Yeah, now, it flattened him. Going forward, this time in, as you said, he got that real cruisy, soft early speed at Mooney Valley. He was able to rush home at, at a phenomenal pace. That set him up, and then he had that little cranberry barrier troll, just perfection for him.
0: Yeah, so if, if, are they, do you reckon they'll go to the Cox Plate? They will. So if he goes to the Cox Plate, you the signal's there now. You better be able to run better than plus six. Yes. Because if you don't, you won't be getting past this horse. but there will be there will be other top line horses I'm sure right so I'm not sitting here saying you right now to everybody that's listening that this horse is going to win the Cox Blake no but what I'm saying is that will be the minimum benchmark
1: all right. Well, we we, uh, we always give our fantastic members who support us, who not only get the Group One podcast, like I said, that uh, that uh, they got the uh, gold trip, but uh, all our members uh, each week get uh, best of the day sent to them, and they also get sent to them uh, on Sundays an opportunity to ask you questions, Vince. So we're actually going to wrap up a few here in the one race because mm-hmm. uh, the, obviously the Turnbull was the race everyone's talking about. Yep. From Scott, how do we get Hong Kong stars here more often? Thirty dollars on the tone was <laughs> Christmas coming early. There you go. From Adam. Uh, just wanted to say thank you. I had a fill up on the turbo. The first form backing Gold Trip each way. I'm sure you'll cover this race. Love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, so we'll get. And he's got a couple other questions, which we'll get to from uh, Grant. I'm seeing a lot of similarities between Gold Trip and McIvy Diva. He's clearly improving as he spends more time with his new trainer, just as she did. He's now looking capable middle distance weight for age galloper she did late in her careers. Vince able to do a comparison between the two? And Daniel's asked, uh, Westwind blows, is he better at 2,000 or 2,400? So we'll just wrap up the uh, the gold trip stuff. I mean, the reality is uh, she ran before I started working with you, Vince, but you always said uh, the, the the three superstar mares, Wings, Black Caviar, and Maccabi, they were all on a different planet to everything else.
0: Yeah, well, Maccabi's about four lengths better than gold trip. <laughs>
1: Here
0: you go. <laughs> and that's not on current for That's at working on his best ever overseas form. He's about six lengths behind it at the moment.
1: <laughs> Therefore, how, how good, how, how lucky we were see <laughs> <All right. laughs> So best. let's get to the runner-up. What, what Daniel's question was: Wind blows. Now you've had a good chance to have a look at him here, and he said, "Is his usual pattern better on speed?" So he was the one horse who was still there at the finish in that in that well not well very strong, let's call it, tempo, given the 5.8 uh, lead speed uh, set by West Wind Blows was just behind it, and he was
0: still boxing on at the finish. Well, he ran up to his profile. Yes. Like, he, he, he came into this race with a rock solid 2.5 from overseas and the capacity to go to potentially plus four, but that was where the, the benchmark was set for this horse, where I thought Romantic Warriors' benchmark was going to be realistically around 3.8. The, the, to, in this race, right? Yeah. Now, the events happen and West Winds has come in with a plus with a 2.2. 2. The reality is probably a little bit more of an overextension than what was ideal for this horse. Now, this is one of um, two runners and Romantic Warrior was definitely the other runner that uh, faced this problem. Both West Wind Blows and Romantic Warrior, just, just let me check you on these uh, rider profiles. Okay, well, Spencer and McDonald's Surprised? Not surprised about McDonald because he can do this right. They both held their horses up a little bit too much uh, uh, between the four and the two. Example: West Wind Blows has been penalised uh, two point three lengths between the four and the two hundred. Yep, that's a negative. And Romantic Warrior has also been penalised around one point five lengths. So they both got penalised. Overall, no question, West Wind Blows' performance was much better. The slowing of both those horses did not help their causes because they both rebounded with stronger overall last 200 metres, giving you a bit of a signal that the energy distribution, the way the riders distributed the energy, wasn't on point. Like if I compare it to Gold Trip. Right, who won the race, 0.2 above benchmark between the eight and the four, plus 1.9 between the six and the four, peaking at plus two between the four and the two. In other words, continuous acceleration, and then 1.6 above last 200 metres with the taper. So if you look at it from that perspective, West Wind Blows, Romantic Warriors both get a minimum of about one and a half to two lengths. Improvement, so that does change their scope and where they're positioned. So we'll
1: obviously do the Caulfield Cup as a preview podcast oh. in a couple of weeks. But um, the twenty four hundred West Wing blows. It's pretty hard to ignore that he looks like an ideal Caulfield Cup type horse to be on the speed and just keep sort of finding under pressure because he's uh, he, he, watching the watching the replays from overseas. He's,
0: he's certainly got tenacity to this guy. Well, he's he's set to run. To his uh, maximum potentials around plus four. And we know from experience that you need to be at least four, four and a half to be on the podium for a Caulfield Cup. For sure. The obvious is Solcombe in that. He walked into the stables
1: with the Melbourne Cup in mind. They probably weren't expecting a first up run. That's how good uh, win, but that's how good it was. So uh, I think I'm sure Chris Waller and the team would be delighted with a run like that. And you talk about the, the what we often see with these elite riders. Vince, look at the evenness of the splits from Craig
0: Williams' ride right there. Yeah, well, that also says that you know, like the energy distribution was right on point, and. Probably not a clear-cut result finishing third. The reality is the third came because the other two runners, in particular West Wind Blows, who did finish in front of him in the end and Romantic War, didn't have the same distribution of energy. And there are some other horses in the race that were further down that uh, face similar scenarios but didn't have the same exertion early.
1: So, uh, Romantic Warrior, now you've had a chance to spitball it, but for those who didn't hear what you said Friday, you sort of compared him animo level and you expected him to be too good. He wasn't. Was it a case of the horse not acclimatising, going too fast, or maybe just
0: having a bad day? What's your What's your overall take now on the Monday? Well, I have no doubt that the ground conditions couldn't have worked for him for, for at least half the race. Oh, as in
1: to... working in the, in the softer ground
0: earlier. Oh, I made it pretty clear in the part. I mean, I still tripped into him. I couldn't, I, I didn't have my maximum bet on him, but I still went, you know, pretty hard on the horse, Ralphie, Despite the fact that that ground was slow for the first half of the race, right? That that takes a fair bit out of you. This horse needs clean, dry ground. So, you know, if the rain comes tumbling down where he's when he steps out next, that's not in this horse's favour. So, we've got to be mindful of that. The reality is, though, in terms of early speed, it was very good. The taper... Once he got that slowdown, he became very one-paced and didn't have the finish. The question is: Is he going to run to the six point eight? That's the big concern for me. It's it's a big thing to just now turn up and improve six and a half. I allow a couple for the dry. There's two. I'll allow a couple for the mid rate. Uh, the the slowdown between the four and the two. There's four. That brings you up into the four range, which, you know, it's sort of knocking on where Gold Trip is right now. Are you going to find that extra two and a half, three? Well, it's going to get down to the day, the track conditions. The trainer obviously stated pretty clearly that the there was a challenge with, he didn't feel the horse was like absolutely ready. Yep. In his words, right? But that doesn't mean he didn't think the horse could win. But I thought the biggest note was what... Um, Came out of uh, Mick Kent Jr., and this is where the lesson learnt right? I didn't really go and pay any attention to the barrier trials and his profile of the barrier trials. Right? And what Mick Kent Jr. said, he did go and have a look at the barrier trials. And if you look at the setup and all his trialing, there's no way he had the same trial in as what he normally does. This is his typical preparation. And had you have studied that, you would have definitely known this horse was going to come in well underdone.
1: Very interesting. Mm. So it is
0: interesting. So yes. that's my lesson, right? Yes. And I go, oh, you, you fool, Cardi. But <laughs> there you go. This is what happens, right? That's not, not – you're never happy about it. But when you lose and you got to get a good slap in the face, you ask yourself what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that is getting in the game. You,
1: yep. you, you yep. pay a price for being wrong. So uh, there were some players who all ran well, like Luda Flair, Duke Decesa, Francisco Gardi. Just let me finish with this uh, one for you, Vince. Spanish Mission. We know he's a high class horse. He's had his issues. Jeez,
0: that was a good run, if they, if he can say sound. It is. It's a good run. You've got to look at it like this, Rafi. Of course, if they don't meet e- each other anymore, then we can have something to talk about. But if, if they're going to bump into the same. No, he's going to the for Cup. Okay, so how's he going to beat West Wind Blows?
1: It... How? At the moment, uh, what did he do get to on Sunday? So there's, there's, he's got to find your, saga, your, your figures. He's got to find three and a half lengths just to catch you. What he did on Sunday? Yeah, right. Well, he didn't
0: yep. do. He did five lengths less work through yes. the first half of the race. Right? His slowdown was actually about. Well, it was actually less than West Wind blows. So five lengths more works, not as big as slowdown. Like already, that already, without even doing any more work gives you some S. it doesn't mean that this horse isn't going to run well or dynamically or not get on the podium. If just when I look at it, because I I like to keep things simple, particularly when you're doing future form work as a form student, you don't want to get caught up in all that danger because as soon as you get caught up, life is like this. The minute you start to procrastinate, all that happens to you is your judgment becomes poorer, you definitely don't make anywhere near as, As much money because you're too scared to do anything. Then you get the fear factor coming in, and once the fear factor gets you, and you can hear it in sports athletes and all those, and if you don't use that energy in your favour, get out of the game, get out of whatever (laughs) game you're playing, just get out, stay out.
1: Well, I I know you you were in the Octagon in Race 9 with Star Patrol. Your one fear was Ben Mellum overexerting. Well, You'd have to say you rode the horse absolutely perfectly.
0: Uh, look, when they went at the first three or four hundred, I did say to myself, because Star Patrol's not a lover of the wet ground, Ralphie. Yes. I said, it's impossible they're going to go hard. Impossible. Yep. And I said, I could be blessed. <laughs> that, that's what I said to myself. I could be blessed because we're going to be on a horse that probably should be starting at fifty in this field, right? Yep. Once you, See, once you start to have better grip of the unknown, right about this what will happen with the tempo and what mallum might do and by that stage because i was sort of going through the races as they were happening during the day to get the feel of the ground conditions i said to myself well it's now and never, my man just put your money on shut up and let's go and and it was a sensational ride it was yep. a sensational ride really and it the <sighs> I'm critiquing the impossible, Ralphie, because I'm looking at scope for tomorrow and all that. The reality is that it could have still been a slightly better ride, so the victory could have been bigger. None of those horses can get near it, yep. right? And that, that's the closest they will ever get to it. Lovely.
1: So he's 2.3. He's probably trending to his all-time best of plus four from here. Uh, if
0: it was dry all the way, yeah it was ridden with maximum efficiency, explosion on the cards.
1: That's interesting. I wonder if they'll go to the Champions uh, 1200 on the final day. of The Carnival is the next run five weeks away. So there's that. And uh, just a, a little one here, Vince, about how a ho- how a, an overextension can flatten a horse forever. Well, we mentioned that with Gold Trip at the earlier. Uh, last prep, snapper, last start, four and a half lengths above benchmark there on Sunday. He's led. <laughs> What's he done? You know, two lengths below. And this is That's a true. fast horse. So just... Yeah. Even on the slow ground, that just gassed him.
0: Absolutely just said night. Yep. And and you could just, well, you just look at the last 400 metres, it's minus 11.8. It was just disastrous.
1: <laughs> and the last race wins Tampa Lane. The only thing you would have been happy about with Damien Lane leading was Damien Oliver sitting outside it because you knew it was just good luck
0: Anything getting past both
1: of those boys.
0: Well, the gods were raining gold coins. <laughs> That's all I can say. They were just yeah. raining the gold coins. Because as soon as I seen that, I said, here's another horse should be odds on. Yeah. I said, there's no way when we get into that home straight and we put down the sprint. Yeah. I said, they're not going to get past it. That's it. They will not get past this horse. Now, mind you, overall on the on the clock, plus 1.5, I'm not jumping out of trees and saying it was a phenomenal run, but they were just never going to beat it, Ralphie. And 0.8 below benchmark first section, golden uh, race shape for the horse, even between the eight and the four, there was no real massive extension on the horse, right? I mean, yeah. his maximum output was pretty much from the six, well, from pretty much the, the 450 mark to the 200 metre mark, whereas the horse maximised his extension.
1: Um, the Bart Cummings, the first leg of the quaddie, it was it was a bit of a head-scratcher pre-race, and it was going to come down to probably the best ride and, and who elevated well there's money for future history these boys win the money's on uh, good luck but also what wouldn't be expected probably was it to lead on its terms just easily rather than and Goldman's had a bad day so Goldman gave up lead and he had a bad day so there's a the double shot there first immortal uh he's just going super but you know, I thought the, the $3.50 range was insane odds. It ended up getting out a little bit, and it's ran well, but couldn't have had it at that price. But the money was on future history, and by the look at the structure of the race, Vince, good luck anything getting past it, given he was the only horse who didn't have to extend in the mid-race.
0: Well, they usually say you, you need to be as close as you can to the lead speed in that situation. Yep. And there's a horse travelling 3.4 lengths below benchmark first section. Pretty much, like you said, unchanged for the next 400 metres. And then it was game on, on the fastest part of the track, right? Yes. And then you look at First Immortal, for example. I'm not saying six lengths, not a position where you can win from. Yeah. The reality is when you're six lengths from them and you've had to go through that ground condition and no one's really wasting any serious energy. Yep. How are you going to do it when you get to the fastest part of the track? And even with, I mean, the mid-race move was what? 8.4 lengths more than future history, Right. And the last 400 was two and a half lengths better, and it still couldn't win. Yeah. The NPS margin says you should have got the money, right? Yep. The reality is that's what happened. And then there's a further proof. Maybe you'll articulate this. Ashram, look at what happened with that horse. 12.7 below, this is a sign of how you use bad energy efficiency, right? Right. Yep. Super extension in the mid-race of 12 links. Why would you do that? That means you're just definitely asleep through the first half of the race. And it's further backed up at 8.1 above benchmark last 400. Well, what are you doing, man?
1: Well, let us let, let me put this one to you through the prism of the market. Future history, my Eustace, 10s into 10s. Yep. <laughs> sorry, 11s the 9s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ash Run, 20s out to 31. Yep. Interpretation, $21 friendless. Uh, and now they, they were wide drawn and future history was inside drawn. And so was first immortal mortal wide drawn. So I suppose they all have to slot in, get their spot, go back. And then they've got no chance whatsoever.
0: No. And and this is when I, I picked out that horse as one example, right? Yeah. But Athabascan was in the same boat. Just riders asleep. Sorry. When you have such a poor race shape, right? Yep. You need to be a little bit more positive. I mean, serpentine which was absolutely giggling going 5.8 below, but maybe people don't realise that's a bad, race shape for that horse because it's a one pace sp- speed horse, right? And you need to be going faster to get the, mo- the most out of it because it puts others out of competition. But there could have been a few horses. Ath- Athabascan was one of them. You could have easily been three, four lengths closer. That's the difference between getting on the podium and not getting on the podium. And how do you prove that up? You just have, again, look at the last 400, plus 7.3. The squeeze is nine lengths. It's, it, it just shows the inefficiency of energy.
1: Well, this Friday, if any of these back up in the Herbert Power next Sunday, and I'm so you know some of the stages you've mentioned, and like I said, interpretation was one, virtuous circle another. If they're on the quick backup at, over twenty four hundred, I, I want to be seriously considering them because this is the perfect setup for them, and and I won't be surprised if there happens to be some money for a horse like that who backs up rather than uh, no money for him on Sunday.
0: No, and are we what are we doing on Saturday?
1: Righto, so. Preview podcast. We've got the Caulfield Guineas. We've got the uh, the Turac. We've got the, what's uh, how the group one though. We've got the Herbert Power. Uh, it's just going to be such a sensational day. But then you've got the Everest in Sydney. So, what we'll do, we'll cover all the features at the Caulfield and Everest only. And, and if you e- want the race speed profiles, you go to daily sectionals for that. So, there'll be no write up, no paperwork or anything, but we will do a runner by runner talk. So you get that as a bonus to getting the Caulfield uh, preview podcast. So no so one can't... has to
0: pay any extra is what you're saying.
1: No, well I I know you're a generous man, Vince. So we we just we'll just do it at that, yeah?
0: Oh, look, I am very, I'm very generous when it comes to helping out people in need or you know, help worthy causes. I must say, I do like to help out. Yeah, absolutely, you do. But when it comes to anything else, I'm not as generous. All right. So can
1: we do the, Can we? We'll do but the Everest? Seems,
0: of course, absolutely. Yeah, right on. I, I, I feel it's important and the reality is it keeps it simple. It still means that if anybody wants the whole card, we have been – I want to say this, Ralph. I don't talk about it a lot. We have been on fire in Queensland. Like, I mean on fire. The the person who does all the, the help and the work with the, the write-up in Queensland is just sensational. In fact, I haven't seen a person – it was, a, it was a slow start of the guy that's uh, helping us out doing this, right? Yep. It was a very slow start of Ralphie. But he has just become, yep. I'd say, one of the best guys I've ever had in terms of helping when it comes to writing up race speed profits. He's doing a phenomenal jobs. He's been consistently strike rating above 80%, just to give you an idea. And his communication and his clarity, the quantum leap of improvement that he's made in the last year, because he's only been doing IVRs for – maybe a year and a half, right? It's just unbelievable how much he's evolved, but his work has been spotless. And Sydney, again, we've been fantastic. And I dare say Victoria's been like right on the money. So race B profile was get the rest of the Sydney card, but we expect to be doing well there as well.
1: Alright, and the, the, my, my brain fade there was the Might and Power, the old Caulfield, oh, Caulfield Stakes, 2000 uh, on Saturday, so there's three group ones, there's also the Scalacci for the Sprinters, the Herbert Power for the Stays, it's 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 all it's one of the greatest days of Australian racing, Caulfield Guineas Day, but now that the Everest come along, let's do that as well, so we'll do the Everest in isolation, speaking about it, but if you want Vince's write-ups, that of course is via dailysexuals.com.au if you get the Caulfield one, with your purchase, gets the early edition, and fr- on Saturday morning, the final edition, and you can listen yeah. to the format there. Uh, however, you listen to this if you haven't done it before, righto? Um, now, some good racing in Sydney to talk about. So, what I'll do for the um, for the uh, bonus podcast there, we'll have a look at Riff Rocket uh, and also the Rosa Kingston life lessons and uh, and the disappointing run. Well, for those who, if you, if you took the uh, odds on of uh, of Princess Grace. But let's look at Rose Hill, Vince, and this unbelievable <laughs> Sydney weather. It never rains in Sydney anymore, apparently. So oh. Rose Hill looked like it played perfectly high. What was your thoughts there?
0: <laughs> oh, love it, love it, love it. Well, firstly, to the 800, we didn't have any dramas there, Ralphie, plus 1.37. So, you know, you're like really in that nice, beautiful G3 range. And even when I look at the tapers of races with that early speed, it was like the type of uh, profile that you could have. There was one race where there was an overextension, and that was race number eight, if I look at all the races. But that was a super, super tough race. But We'll talk about that, hopefully. Uh, the 600-metre point, again, we were in between the G3 and the G4 range, and the same all the way to the 400. Then what we've always known about... Rose Hill, that home straight, just sensational, plus 2.75. means if you're a good horse and you've got ability and you've been given every opportunity and you can get into those lanes, well, you've got a chance to run golden performances. And I was uh, definitely in awe of a couple of horses.
1: Well, Monofilia won the Hill Stakes. That was the biggest prize money on the day in our, in our Sizzlers. Third up first prep for Chris Waller, and she is airborne. This IVR figure slightly eclipses her 1.5 chasing superstar Dubai on her in the but This track distance March and this happened in a sustained pressure race shape. Now, that's interesting compared to what you're going to talk about what happened Sunday. 3.3 at the 800, plus 4.5 for the mid-race, 4 plus 0.8 last 400. This included 2.2 lengths slowdown from the 400 to hundred for a 1.3 length rebound last 200. Look, sole focus at the Melbourne Spring Carnival. Notice she started just $9 last year's Melbourne Cup. Her all-time PB is 3.5 cent, a Ranvet. Being very elegant. So a turmoil could see her dangerous in running. Well, she won on Turnbull stakes they
0: Vince, except she won in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, can I ask you a question, Ralph, you like? Yes. Well, I always do when it comes to these things. Where do you think monophilia is going next? Before Caulfield we go into it. Cup. The Caulfield Cup? Yes. Oh, I'm excited. Right. I'm excited. Right. This is it. I interesting. am excited. Okay. Monophilia, firstly. Ah. Uh, I cannot believe the price they gave. <laughs> right? Seriously. It was just like someone walking along saying, I just got the coins on the road, man. Anybody want to pick them up for free? Just come and get them. Do you, do, you, do you
1: increase your confidence when National rulers ride him?
0: Oh, do I ever. <laughs> but They only just worked him out now that he's the best. <laughs> they just worked him out now. You're kidding, aren't you? He's unbelievable rider. And is he in rare form? He's always been in rare form. He's one of the greatest riders that I've ever seen in my lifetime when it comes to energy efficiency on a horse. He's phenomenal. (laughs) And it doesn't matter about the distance. Short or long, it's irrelevant. He just has it. I I don't understand how some people just have that X factor about them, right? How they can just know. Now, you look at this. The reason why I'm excited is this. Forget about, like... You know, getting victory and not winning for 500 days, I think that helped the price, right? All the people saying, oh, I hasn't won 560 days ago. Uh, do you reckon, the, you reckon the horse knows that? Help the price. Absolutely uh, helped the you price. You reckon the horse knows that? It's just like the weight. All right, the horse might feel the weight, but he doesn't know about his 560 days without winning. Well, I don't think he does. Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> first section, 5.8 lengths below benchmark. Now, I look at the profile of this horse, that's a huge... Now, this is how energy, efficiency, and what happens when you use energy in a different manner in terms of a lead-up race. That leading run, the horse went 3.3 above. The th- the, the three the two runs subsequent to that, the horse is travelling like uh, 13, 14, 18 lengths below benchmark. The mid-race in that run leading into this as well was 4.5 above. Now, when you reverse that, This is getting clarity around the explosion, right? This is what we're going to talk about. 5.8 lengths below benchmark first section. That's nine lengths slower than the previous run. 2.7 lengths below benchmark between the eight and the four, but the horse is actually increasing its speed, the energy efficiency, but that's still seven lengths slower than the last run. Now, if you do that and you come off this sort of baseline platform, this is for all the form students wanting to know how to use sectional times, and then you get into this sort of ratio, you're going to have an explosion. And the explosion was there. 12, uh, 10.9 lengths above last 400. Unbelievable. That's that's uh, gold trip territory.
1: I was about to say, looking at the at the profile here, and with a bigger overall figure, by the way, it's yep. very similar to what gold trip did at Boone Valley
0: and you know this horse has the ability <laughs> to get above plus four, and they have this horse on fire. Yeah, they must love dry ground. And uh, and
1: it's a perfect setup if you're going to back up in two yep. weeks. Absolutely. To come off the soft, soft tempo to, to, the, to really explode.
0: We don't need to do anything. Yep. Just turn up.
1: Beautiful. All right. Uh, here, your melt is going well. The, the it challenge is it's going <laughs> to go into the cups. Protagonist going well. No compromise. Eh, there's a pretty big split print, isn't
0: there? Oh, it was excellent as yeah. well, right? But again, here's the thing you compare it to the winner. Yep. There's no comparison. Yeah, well, it's, it's doing like a length and a half more work early, another length more in the mid, and they got the same finish. In yep. fact, last 200 metres, Monophilia was pulling away from it.
1: Yeah, for sure. One of the. Um, most important things in this Caper Vince is uh, when the information changes, you, you change your conclusion. Uh, we did the Golden Rose a couple of weeks ago, the day, and you said Cepheus, oh well, he's really deep into his prep, I don't know, well he wins. It was his 11th run for the prep. You, you went on the fence on Saturday and he ended up being a fantastic price I
0: assume because of the weight and nested the rest. This was unbelievable race. Uh, I've been waiting to see a race like this. I thought we might have gotten it last week, but they just weren't the same level for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. But here, look at this high octane <laughs> pressure, first section, lead speed 8.7 above. That's hammering, right? That's hammering. Cepheus is going, what, 5.4 above? And then between the 8 and the 400, Cepheus is still traveling 1.4 above, last 400 meters. Jeez, oh, what a ride. Plus 4.7 above overall, last 400. Not as big as a couple of other horses. But this is it. Nash has put the horse in a non-losing position. And when I say non-losing, I always talk about the podium, right? First yep. three slots, right? By making sure we're going fast. And you know the old story about when you go fast, Ralphie, you're You you can't win if you're 10, 12 lengths from because you've got no energy left. You can't use lazy advantage. You can't use nothing. You're all out of petrol, all out of bullets, whatever you want to call it, right? So he made sure that wasn't going to happen. And he put himself in that golden position tagging about three lengths from the lead, which is exactly where you need to be on a fast pace, three to six lengths off the lead pack, and that's where it was, and I I was trying to say to myself, I can't downgrade the horse any more than the plus 3.6, I just can't do it, That's, that's the lowest point I could score it. So he's clearly a very good trainer, Matty he Dunn, and he, he gets his horses.
1: I, I like t- seeing stables who can get their horses up and keep them up. Uh, Adam's asked from this race, Flying Crazy and Roots, took Flying Crazy each way after Vince's comments about him in Melbourne. So he was a dual acceptor, and you, on the Friday podcast you said you, you really wanted to consider him, and he's ended up paying 30, $31 uh, for those uh, who did take each way like Adam did yep. but with Roots. Uh returns seem huge through traffic off a good trajectory off this. In fairness, I, I, I watched the race and thought, well, Tommy wasn't overly busy here, but now that the data's come through, that makes sense that they were flying up front. Yeah. Um, but it was a nice return.
0: Oh, look, it was, and flying crazy as well. Flying crazy, non-winning position. That That's the problem with that. Had it been two lengths closer or, you know, traveling around that one probably wins the race. So for anyone that backed that horse at the big price, they're probably a little bit unlucky. And there's a, when I say unlucky, what I mean is just, just where where you position your horse in in a fast race. That's where the real handicapping... I know people talk about weights. One day everyone will learn true handicapping is made off race shapes. Once you understand learn race shapes, then you can play as much as you like about... Weights and what you want to do, you know, going up and down on a rating figure. And this is the perfect example. And if you want to back that up, you just have a look at the last 1200 of that horse, best of the day. I don't usually look too closely. I hear a lot of people when they talk about sectional times, oh, you know, the best last 200 or 400. I always say, be careful when you hear those sort of things. Most of the times, it's just. I'm not going to say it's rubbish coming out of people's mouth because it is true that's what happened, right? But it it has to be put in the context to race shape. But when you measure the last 1,200 or 1,000 metres, that's a very different story because it's giving a different signal. That's actually giving you insight to sustain speed of a horse. And when you're travelling at the golden place, which is somewhere near Benchmark, and you can then distribute like the last 1,000 or 1,200 or top 10, that's like a massive signal, Ralphie, right, about how good your sustained speed is off pressure. And that's what this horse did. So that that's probably what cost it the race, but still managed to get in the top three. Roots, on the other hand, I thought was like right on the edge. It's give or take a very similar position to the second horse, in the race, this it was very, very strong last four hundred metres. I don't, I don't think he could have done any more than what he did, Ralphie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like yeah. I said, at, at, watching it, and that's why you always need the clarity from the numbers. And yep, absolutely. Uh, but a, a, a nice return there. We'll finish with this Sorry, one, Ralphie. could I just say, uh,
0: Waterford, what's going on?
1: Well, the sizzle just hasn't matched the uh, <laughs> has the the, uh, the sausage, has it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah moment, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Hype well, yeah it's a high horse well it's it's yeah, yeah well it's a high horse but i just can't believe that um how that horse regressed backwards so the reason why i want to talk about it is it possible and this is why i want to bring i'm not bringing it up because of the poor performance right i yeah. wanted to highlight it and i'm sure ralphie because you're so good when it comes to articulating things and sizzlers. Here's the hidden gem with this horse, right? For anyone that might've backed it. First section of the first two runs were both 8.9 and seven links below benchmark. First up though, when you look through the prism of what happened, it went seven below first section, 1.4 below benchmark between the eight and the 400, and then a 9.7 links above last 400, right? That's, does have some uh, impact on the horse, but when you then turn up 14 days later and you've got a very similar first section and then make a phenomenal move in the mid-race, like that horse went from 8.9 below benchmark to plus 5.9 above between the eight and the four and 6.4 above last 400. Now, this is hindsight like into this race. Yep. This horse ran flat for sure. So bear that in mind.
1: Just wonder if they're going to that uh, big dance at Melbourne Cup Day. That could be. So the, uh, don't drop the off. Game. Could be $20 <laughs>
0: next start and could be spanking a lot of horses. There we go. So we'll
1: finish with this because uh, uh, we've got some, so much good race to talk about. we'll, we'll do, we'll, we'll include the King's Gambit now, yes. group one bonus. Yep, so, good. So, so nothing, we'll, we'll keep that because Alistair's asked about magic time. Good performance once again, the big stable When they no target a race,
0: Ooh, they're hard to beat. Absolutely, so you want to touch on that now? Or Race the, on,
1: yeah, yeah, what's your, what's your assessment of magic time?
0: Well, 2.3 above first and foremost. You've got to love that, right? You just have to love that. And I would say maybe not the best efficiencies. I'm not sure exactly why this has taken place for this horse, but...
1: I will interrupt there.
0: So, Nashra Willer, in a post-race
1: interview, this is fascinating about how the best jockeys understand speed and... A guy like Zach Lloyd who's obviously doing really well as an apprentice, but he's learning his craft. He was actually saying he was begging he, – he was actually calling for Zach to go faster. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you're dictated to by the leader, and that's what happened here. So he actually wanted the, the leader to go faster, so he was stuck in the end. He took it up.
0: Yeah, and the, and the problem was, because if you look at the inefficiency for both those horses between the six and the four – That's what yeah, he said. <laughs> yeah, they lost uh, 1 point uh, – well, Nash lost 1.8. Yep. And Paracel lost three point six. So yeah. he, he was absolutely trying to be forget the old school. You can't you cannot ride like people rode in the seventies, eighties and nineties and two, even two thousands. Forget that. You start slowing down horses at the wrong time, you're going to be in for a spanking unless you know your horse has got panels on the competition.
1: That's it. All right. So super performance. I made your time. Paracel can bounce back. That will do us for this week's uh, Monday edition of the Year Round Carnival Podcast. If you want our preview of Caulfield Guineas Day, which will include a runner-by-runner talk about the Everest Uh, via my website, racetrackeralphie.com.au. All Vince Cardi's work via daily sectionals, including race speed profiles for Everest Day. You'll get the Melbourne race speed profiles with your preview podcast and also Eagle Farm as well. So in the meantime, thanks so much for listening to Year Round Carnival.